0: Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching us the truth of oneness for eons. So now science is catching up. (laughs) And so basically what you do to another person, you're literally doing to an aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is spirit teaches with Sarah Rubo. I had the honor of meeting Sarah in person in Phoenix a few months, a few weeks ago, actually in April at the first Helping Parents Heal conference.
1: Thank you, Sarah,
0: for being my guest on Awake to Oneness Radio.
1: Thank you, Carolyn. I'm thrilled to be here with you. I love um, meeting you. <laughs>
0: thank you. Oh, I love meeting you. I loved, I sat through your um, work breakout session, they call them, and I just said, oh, I want her. <laughs> I <laughs> love to have her as a guest on the show. So please, so I did, I know a little bit of your story. Please share with our listeners your journey and, you know, your story and how you came to be the wonderful, doing the wonderful work that you're doing today.
1: Well, thank you. My story, um, we all have a unique story, and that really is why we're all doing this work. And my story started in 1994, when my only child, Scott, left this earth in a sudden fashion, in a way that I could never have anticipated. He was 19 years old, in college, and wanted to work in a national park in the summer, in between his uh, freshman and sophomore years of college. We live in Ohio, and Scott had gotten an internship in Colorado to work at a national park. He's very much into the environment, recycling, all that really important um, important nature uh, yes. kind of tied into. So um, his dad and I were a little reluctant. We knew Scott had a seizure disorder that was very well taken care of, that came out of nowhere when he was 15. Okay. But we trusted Yes. And we wanted him to be able to expand and fly and be all he could be because that was the kind of kid he was. Yes. Uh, so we let him go. We got him out there safely. He had his car for the summer. And then we would uh, just connect with him on the phone. 1994, no cell phone. <clears throat> no cell phones, right. Exactly. Uh, unbelievable. I know it is. Yes. Uh, and yet we had, he had one phone number that he left with us and said he'd call us on Sunday nights. So right. we just trusted that. So... When he started to Colorado, he, he was there. got there on a Sunday, um, just trusted he was being trained by the adults in the park that other college students would be coming for the summer. That was going to be the fun part. Yeah. And yeah, he was the first one to get there. So the first week he was there alone in a 10-room dorm. Okay. Uh, he was not feeling well, which I did not know because we weren't having constant contact. And on Thursday, he called me and said, I'm not feeling well, Mom. I don't know what it is. I've been sick ever since I got here. I really did not know what to do. Right. What I did find out, though, as I tried not to scare him with my own fear, was that uh, there in the park, the, the adults that were there had given him the name of a doctor and set up a doctor's appointment for the next day. So Scott went to the doctor on Friday morning. So he'd only been there for five days. The doctor said he had struck throat, Okay, which I kind of thought, um, from his symptoms. And... But he got medication. He was eating. I could tell he was feeling better and relieved as well. So then I was relieved. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was Friday. And,
0: um, Excuse me. Sorry. We, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. so um, I, just, I have a. You said talk about Scotts and and I have a little dry throat just because I went camping in the rain a few weeks ago. But
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not good either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on Sunday night, Scott did not call. His dad or I, we were divorced. And we just trusted that he was busy. Other kids were coming to the park. Uh, we just trusted it. On, unfortunately, though, on Monday morning, we got phone calls that um, Scott had died in his room. And it uh, looked from the pathologist report like he had died Friday night in his sleep. And no one checked on Scott the whole weekend. None of the adults that knew he was going to the doctor. I'd even talked to one of the, the workers in the park and said, I want you to know he's my only child. You know, just please keep an eye on him. And they all went busy. They went in town and they went camping and they did what they do on the weekends. And we were left with that. And so that was the beginning of my journey. And I couldn't have ever known what that first day would be like and what was yet to follow which has been incredible, I have to admit. It's just been uh, so, much, so much harder and so much more beautiful than I can imagine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we flew out to Colorado because we needed to be there. We never saw Scott again. They told us not to see him. We trusted the doctors, the pathologist. And so we went to talk to them and really felt so badly for them. We felt that they would have done anything they could have to, to have saved Scott. And since he died in his sleep on Friday, No one really could have saved him. It was the strep throat, seizure disorder, maybe, elevation and dehydration. All of that came together, and it was just the end. Mm. So when we came home, and we had a funeral, calling hours, just like everyone does, and it was all that, that needed to be for us and for Scott and to honor him. And the very next morning, I woke up, and I just felt a need to write a letter to our local paper and to say I... I need to, I want to thank the community and Scott had been senior class president of his class the year before. Oh, thank you for coming and taking care of us and sharing stories so we could laugh and remember. There was something really driving me to do that. And so I got out of bed with my tears and said to my husband, I'm going to go just write this right now. Mm -hmm. And I went, I found some paper. It was Scott's notebook paper from high school, still in the cupboard. And I pulled out two pieces of paper and one of the pages that came out was a poem in the notebook paper package, still with a cellophane wrapped around it. And it was a, a, a poem titled, um, Our Children Are Like Kites. And it went on to say that we, we, you know, with our children as kites, we let them out a little bit at a time, which we do, and we pull them back in. And they get stuck in the gutter, and we lift them out gently, and we get them on their way, and we let them fly again. And towards the end of the poem, this pretty simple poem written by Irma Bombeck, I've since learned, was that, the words were saying, I am now free and alone meant to soar as I've meant to soar. Yes. And that word soar was so moving because it was like, I thought he had died, right? right. But he's telling me in this poem, I'm soaring. And the other key component to this was there was a drawing at the bottom of this, a handmade drawing at the bottom of this poem in the notebook paper package. And it was of three people holding kites and in each kite, was a letter, and it spelled May, and Scott died May 20th. So it was like, this was for me, and I have to tell you, Carolyn, in 1994, we did not know about signs. No one talked about it, it was not openly shared, but I knew it was a message from Scott, and I was immediately transformed in that moment. And that was the beginning, and I then continued to get signs. I shared them openly with friends, not knowing how they would react, But there was something so exciting about it, and I think I shared it with such an excitement that they didn't feel like they could dampen my spirits. And then it became more and more real of hearing Scott. Yes. And so my spiritual journey started immediately, which I couldn't have ever known what a spiritual journey was. And it has then um, progressed, and we now just passed 24 years, um, with Scott, because he's very much present in everything I do.
0: Yes. Um, So, so true. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, that is so uh, so that is so touching the way our children, because we know they are not gone, they are still very much with us and how they give us and send us those messages. And I think one of the most important things is like a, a, a grieving parent may not have even picked up on that poem. you know, not you know, they may have seen it. Think you know, kind of. So, I think it's so important for not just parents, but anyone who is really missing the physical presence of a loved one to understand that they are not gone and they are trying their hardest to get messages like that to us. So, when we see messages like that, not to just think oh, that's just a coincidence, or that's just my imagination. No, that is our loved ones trying to let us know that they're soaring, like Scott was telling you, and they're fine. Yes. Yeah.
1: It was so remarkable. And yes. uh, I'm, like you said, I, I could have just set that aside and go, I don't know what this is. I'm going to write my letter that morning. Right. But it was so, so certain in my mind that somehow he was communicating with me, not even knowing yes. that was possible. Yes. Now I watch what happens every day. Now for so many new parents whose children have left, transitioned, and it's just remarkable. Yes. So, so yes, go ahead. I was going to say yes. Yeah, I had signs throughout the next few years that just kept me going, and I, I was working with a counselor. That was the only key component that I had that um, was bringing me any source of, uh, oh, uh, perspective and and grief what to do with all this grief, no Facebook then, nothing like that, uh, even on the internet. Right. So I felt very much on my own, except my counselor was extraordinary and very helpful. And I just kept going for years. <laughs> uh, never thought I'd be in counseling. But, and then I started a support group as well. And I felt Scott was then very present with me, helping me, guiding me, bringing up key. I'd open up a book and I would know that that was the statement I was supposed to share with my parents and the parents group, that kind of thing. Yes. So it wasn't until actually six years after Scott died, and I know that's longer and and spirit is moving faster now. So I see that all the time, which I'm thrilled for every parent that's, you know, getting more than I was able to get. But I am I have survived and that is a, a key component to that. I am it's not I'm going around I'm not telling everybody I'm a survivor, but I did survive with what little <laughs> or what big things could come that showed me that I wasn't alone. Yes. Yes. So six years later, I heard the words that I never really heard anything like this before, which just kind of went through my mind that said, build the Children's Memorial. Well, this time I did ignore it because I don't know. I did not know what that was. It did not sound like Scott. It was literally just a statement that said, build the Children's Memorial. And it was like, well, I'm not doing that. I don't know how to do that. I'd have to fundraise. I've never done that. So I ignored it. But three weeks later, because they are persistent, I was sitting at a red light, my mind kind of blank, and I heard the words exactly the same way. No emotion, just build the children's memorial. And at that moment, it was like, oh my gosh, that must be Scott, it's got to be. Yes. And so I raced home and so excited, because I, I always thought if I heard Scott, it would sound like exactly like his voice. We're going, hi, mom, it's Scott, but it wasn't like that. It was a statement, but so connected to him and for me. And I asked my husband at that point when I went home, do you think I'm crazy that I, I think I heard Scott tell me to build a children's memorial. And I say this all the time, but it's like, he couldn't really tell me I was crazy, right? Because that was not the right answer. He knows that. (laughs) And so for the, I gathered a group of my support, my support group, and we raised fifty thousand dollars in seven months and we built the Angel of Hope here in Stowe, Ohio. Just it's so extraordinary. And every step of the way, I was getting signs from Scott. Sometimes it was brownies. I mean, we love chocolate. And in you know, when a neurologist offered me a brownie, sounds kind of weird, it's like I knew Scott was in the house, <laughs> in the hospital, let's say. And so I wrote down the signs and I just was buoyed and just lifted by his his presence because I knew that's what he wanted me to do so that's kind of how I really got to know a a deeper part of the journey and where who I was in this and and where Scott was too Um, it wasn't always enough to fill my heart is there ever enough right but it was truly exceptional in in my own with my story and uh, helped me so much
0: yeah it's so yeah. true, that's so true.
1: Um, like he like
0: said, when you, you understand that our loved ones are still with us and we tap into that, we tap into that connection, it does take us on a path that our paths, our soul um, plan. You know, it puts us on our soul intention while we came here. And the same thing happened six months after my son Kyle transitioned. I was guided to start this radio show, and also um, um, found a foundation in his memory, which is the Kyle Foundation. But Kyle stands for Keep Your Light Expanding. And Kyle, I didn't know what to name Kyle when, he was, when I was about eight months pregnant. With him, I knew he was a boy. I didn't know what to name him. And the name Kyle came, I, I don't actually remember the dream, but I, it came to me in a dream, and I believe he told me to name him Kyle because I would use that the words the, the acronym K Y L E later on in life. So I truly believe that.
1: Yes, that is amazing. That is amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we can never really know. And now you know when I look back, and you just talked about soul planning, which is of course one of my main. Um, areas of uh conversation with so many brief parents yes is that when we we can't always see it when we're new in our grief and we're just trying to get through each day and trying to understand what's going on and what do the signs mean and, and and really bring meaning to all of that yes but the soul planning for me now when i look back on 20 years or 10 years or five years i i can really see the path that is being led that i'm being led on that i never could have imagined Went that first year, second year, even with Scott, you know, leaving. Right. Uh, it's been exceptional. It's been um, so heartwarming. And I, it, it was just, I just knew that I was meant to be doing more than I ever had ever done before. Yes. And So I, I, I trust it. I trust it 100% where I'm being taken, sometimes very, very demanding, sometimes not at all easy. And I'm sometimes just totally confused. But in the end it starts to show itself and then I feel comforted by the path that uh, I know I chose to be on with Scott spirit.
0: So true. So true. Like you said in the beginning, each of us, we have our own unique journey and it's, and I say, this it's not just parents. It's anyone, it's everyone, because everyone is going to experience that type of loss in their life, whether it is as a child, a parent, a best friend, a, a husband, a lover. Of you know, it doesn't. You know, we experience that as, as we go through life. That's we're on that journey, and all, and when we experience those transitions, I always use the word transition because I know they're not gone. I know there's eternal life. On my journey, it was unique. Where I was actually blessed to begin. I had two and a, two and a half extra years with Kyle, and. During that time I was reading books like Your Soul's Plan, Your Soul's Gift. Matter of fact, Your Soul's Plan I was reading the last month of Kyle's life while he was here on Earth because I he was on I he was in ICU on life support and in I was in that ICU room reading Your Soul's Plan and contacted Robert Schwartz, the author, while Kyle was still in the physical, but he was on life support and didn't know what was going to happen because two and a half years earlier, when he was on life support, he pulled himself off. That's why I said I was I was blessed with two and a half more years with him. Um, I And I wasn't really in any shape for him to go in 2011 because I tried to commit suicide while he was on life support. And then uh, I survived the suicide and he, I whispered in his ear, Kyle, get better so we could both go home. And he did. He literally, he took himself off life support. So I, I, I lived through such a miracle and I was so blessed with that miracle. I told God I will never, ever, ever stop thanking him. So when it came around again, where he was on life support in 2014, I, I didn't forget my promise to God that I know this, everything that's happening is a soul plan between Kyle and I, and that the soul never dies. He's, if he decides to transition this time, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. His physical body is, it's just a vehicle. And, and we all will leave our physical body at one time, but it's not who we are. And so I was blessed and I was reading Your Soul. So please, let's. Uh, I'm, I would love for you to share uh, about Your Soul's Plan and the work you're doing with Your Soul's Planning with our listeners.
1: Okay. Well, I find it extraordinary that you were reading that book before Kyle left, before he transitioned. The knowing that you had just to be in that place. I, I, I just, I think that I just so happy for, not happy for you. I'm, I'm, it would, a relief it had to be to know more than you could have known before that yes. book came out. So for me, I discovered Your Soul's Plan as well in 2007 when it first came out. Uh, Robert Schwartz lived an hour from me. I tracked oh. him down. I went to book signings that he was doing. Uh, small book signings, because honestly, there weren't that many people that were aware of this. He was really on the forefront of an incredible gift to all of us who are trying to understand life and death and, and beyond. Yes, transitioning all. So, um, yeah, Robert and I became friends. And he, he was just such an inspiration to me, his path himself, and what he was bringing forth for all of us to try and understand. Uh, as we grow into greater understanding of who we are, yes. so for yes. me in 2007. So now that's been 11 years. I have been utilizing that book in so many ways, and I, you know, I asked my husband to read it at one point, and he just could not understand. It just did not resonate with him. Yes, I didn't let that be, and he's yes. Scott's stepdad anyway. But still, but uh, for some reason, that book just sucked me in. I'm sure you too, yes. and it resonated so totally with me. Um, and there was even the, the, the death of an only child in that book as well. That was very powerful for me. Yes. And so what happened on this path, uh, is that Scott started bringing me more and more information and concentrating more on, um, the soul path, the soul plan, the fact that we're spiritual beings having human experiences and really taking me in a place to make that more of a. What I'm going to be teaching and writing about and I have a blog that I started with Scott Well, let's say Scott started the blog with me because I wasn't going to write a blog It was then determined I would write a blog because that was in my plan And I got to see the the path that was taken to get me to that um, to that blog of death teaches and throughout that blog we start with my story with Scott and just telling about the experiences and the signs and how I was shown my path and, and how I was going to somehow get through this. And there was always someone there maybe to give me an insight or a quote or something that just kind of lifted me. Yes. So as we continue, continued writing that blog, Death Teaches, it was, um, and it was always designed by spirit anyway, it was for Scott then to step into that and I would write the first part of the blog. Then the second part would be Scott that we put in italics. And he would bring explanation and meaning and depth to what the experiences that I had had in, in, in all of that. So I didn't even know where this blog was going to go. I didn't know where it was headed. But clearly, he did. And his yes. he he, you know, spirit was guiding it completely. And so by the time we were finished with that blog, which we um, ended at the end of last year, Uh, With like about eighty blogs, Mm
0: -hmm. it had
1: gotten to the point where Scott was speaking more and more, bringing us more information. You know, to start looking ourselves more as spirit in ways than um, I'd ever learned earlier. But we wanted to get this out to the new, the newly bereaved. In any case, it doesn't make any difference, like you're saying, Caroline, because your child, there's everyone in your life that you know. There's the the chance that you don't know who's going to be leaving at any point in time or transitioning. Yes. So yes. What happened with the, the Death Teaches blog is we've now made it into a book. Yes. I want to kind of share that? Yes. My yes. website, yes. which is um, org. So we finished that book. We finished the book. We finished the blog. And then I thought, okay, I didn't know what was coming next. And the next part was then Spirit Teaches, yes. which is now um, I've channeled Scott for quite some time. I know a lot of parents are hearing their children, which is so extraordinary. Yes. And he has been my teacher and now he, well, and my guide and, you know, given me all the direction really that I feel like I've had since uh, Scott transitioned. Right. But the Spirit Teaches comes from a place of Spirit really writing what they feel the readers need in ways that I never could. So okay. As I'm writing these blogs, and it was with Death Teaches too, I really would sit down at the computer and I never knew what was coming out. Okay. I was literally. They learned. They taught me to let them use my fingers on the computer. Um, we would write. I'd be going, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that as I'm writing it because it was, oh, I love that part. Yes. And it was so exciting and yet so deep and so meaningful. And um, what I loved about the blog, and anybody that goes to our website can see both blogs are on there now, Death Teaches and Spirit Teaches, is that every question that came, we respond to. And it's kind of teaching even beyond what we had written in that blog. And I love that process, too, yes. because Spirit wants us to understand this. It is coming out so much more fully. Robert Schwartz opened the door to all of this and yes. brought us the greatest gift. I hope he appreciates that. I let him know periodically. Yes. And I do, yes. I do use his name a lot, just like you, Carolyn. Yes. He and was, I, I didn't know if you know, he was my
0: first guest. Um, for, he he's my very number one first guest, and I've had him on as a second time of just a few, about six months ago. So he's been my guest twice, but he was number one. He was my first guest, and I didn't meet him in person before I started, before I was inspired to do this show again, it was Kyle and Spirit inspiring me. Got up in the middle of the night six months after Kyle's transition, and Kyle has told me through a reading with Suzanne Geismen. Kyle says he's my co-host. So oh, you you no channel problem. Scott, but Kyle is my co-host when I do the show. He's always with me, and it, it, he's giving me you know giving me messages, and and as I do the show, he's right here with me. So he's my co-host and, um, but yes, Robert Schwartz is amazing. I, I had the wonderful opportunity of, like I said, when Kyle was still in his physical body on life support, I discovered, I Googled your soul's plan. I didn't know there was a book named. No. I just Googled your soul's plan because I, I knew somewhere in my heart that this was a soul plan. And I wanted to know more about soul plan. So I just Googled your soul plan. And of course, Robert in the book came up and I got the book right away. And we I had both of them in the ICU room and I emailed Robert and he got right back to me. So I'm emailing back and forth to Robert while I'm in the ICU room with Kyle. So it was, it was definitely wonderful. Yes. So powerful. Yes.
1: It just shows how much is not really in our hands. Yes. You know, and we feel so strongly that we have free will in yes. so many ways. And yet when you're on this on this journey and you begin to trust it and just see what comes that you never could have imagined, yes. that you couldn't have thought of, that I couldn't have thought of. And it, it just creates an, uh, a knowing. That we aren't ever really alone on this, even though on those days when we have felt so despondent and so alone, yes. and it's like, please just bring me a sign. We're then taught we are there always, always, but there has to be those in-between times where you have to do some of that individual work yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't sit down and read, and can't be depend. We can't really be dependent on them, right? To a point, but then they shift us at some point and say you know, you need to learn this. You need to experience this. Yes. As I've learned, and, and I'm you have too, and probably anyone that's listening to us today, you find that the experiences in life are what teach us exactly. how to go forward and to... Take care of ourselves in ways if if you're getting sick because you're grieving and you haven't taken care of yourself some point in time you're gonna look at that and go I have to start exercising I have to start eating better I have to start taking care of myself that experience taught us that yes and so when we go from experience to experience and then in time we can look back on them or even presently when you're going through it is to say this is another piece to my journey I always use these words I know spirit gave me trust the journey and it sounds like just well trust the journey we've heard that before but I'm saying no really truly trust this journey it is taking you places you'll never know you could go it's taking you places you didn't want to go but what did you learn from that Mm -hmm. because pain is a teacher it is a huge teacher and we try and understand that but we can't live in pain typically for a real long time and just stay stationary in that. Something's gonna trigger, which I now know as spirit, is going to trigger movement in us and take us somewhere else. And so maybe we finally go and say, okay, I'll start exercising. I started jazzercising. Okay. Um, but now there's so much, you can have your own personal trainer. But maybe that person becomes a dear friend and, and starts to understand your journey in a way that you couldn't have. And through those conversations, you are growing. Again, through yes. that experience. So I know this whole lifetime, with everything that happens to our loved ones is meant to be experiential. Yes.
0: It's so true. And it's so true what you say. See, <clears throat> we as you hum- in our human consciousness, we think so linear. But in truth, um, free will and soul planning go hand in hand. It's not this or that. It's this and that. We do from our spiritual, our higher self, Which is still in the spirit realm, but we're still connected. Our human our human body is just like an avatar, it's just like a car, it's just a vehicle. But we are our human consciousness doesn't remember our soul plan, but our higher self never forgets it. And our higher self is we're always connected to it. So our higher self is always guiding us. It's like, okay, this was the soul plan. Get on track, you know? And we we plan. These challenges these what we call from the human perspective we think oh my god that's so tragic that's so horrible we planned it to help us get back on the path of why we're here because we know from the from the spiritual perspective it's not it's not what it seems it's just because this life is just um a mirror reflection of who we are and we chose it there's nothing being done to us we planned it all we're doing it to ourselves and we plan these challenges and people i know people from the human perspective will say why would i plan that you did okay you just you did you planned it and when you own it, it there's a sense of freedom and power in owning your own experience. Nobody did anything to me, everything I'm doing to myself, and I own it. And that gives you the opportunity, if you don't like the direction it's going, you have the power to change it, only you. And in every now moment, because all there is is the now, and every now moment we have the opportunity to to follow our heart and and to follow love, our fear. In every now moment. And our point of power is in the now. So it doesn't matter what happened a moment ago. It doesn't matter what's going to happen in the next. It's this now moment where your power lies, where you can choose love or fear. And when you you understand that, it's, it's, it's a sense of, for me, joy. And just knowing that, yeah, this isn't all there is. There's so much more. And we're going to live many more lives. And we've lived many, if we think of it, and we're living them now, in the here and now. That's because it's not past or future. It's all now.
1: Well, I so. love having this conversation with you. You know so much. Why do you said that any better? Oh, thank Honestly, you. No, to have such a depth and understanding of that. It does release us oh, yes. and so much that has hung over us um, as, we, as we travel on this journey without that information. But I know we came here to experience this, this, tra- this death transition. We came here and we knew, as you were saying, we planned this before we are born. Yes. I planned this with Scott, you planned this with Kyle, and we knew at that time with the all-knowing of spirit that yes. these experiences would show us so much more we would then experience we can then teach and we're always here to evolve and we're here each of us in our own way are evolving others whether as a mother we are yes and as a a mother whose child has left we are as well and so when you start to really look at that bigger picture and live within that and scott has um You know, we've taken the words, we're not human beings having spiritual experiences because we thought, oh, I just had a spiritual experience before all this happened to us, right? Right. I know that sign was a spiritual experience. So we take ourselves from this uh, quote, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having spiritual, actually spiritual experiences in the human body. Let's expand even that. We really, truly are having these spiritual experiences in the human body. And so I practice, don't always get it right, but I practice seeing myself as spirit in a way that says, I'm not separating myself from my humanist because I still have a lot to experience. But knowing that that's where Scott is, he's spirit, I'm spirit, with a body over me, we can connect on that spiritual level. That makes sense to me. And I, I never really understood that. <laughs> no, that's, we call it the veil. Yes. which now everyone knows is beginning to you know, blow through the window, that curtain-like thing's blowing through the window, the veil. But to be able to see ourselves as spirit in the workshop that I did at Helping Parents Heal, I did it a second time that, that you weren't in, Caroline, and I asked everyone in the room to imagine that they were spirit and their child is spirit, and, to, and just kind of get ourselves into that place of what do we have in common if we're hearing them? We know that that communication, that line of communication is still open. It may not be an absolute conversation, but it can come through signs and butterflies and every, oh, any kind of sign that you can imagine. Our children's, a friend of mine today wrote, she saw a manatee. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was a sign for her. We can't imagine at the time how those surprises are going to affect us and open us up to the bigger picture and then the bigger picture. So I see myself as spirit as often as I can Yes. And spiritual experiences in my human body. Yes.
0: And also, I'll, I'll, I like to take that one step farther with the oneness, the understanding that there is no separation. And truth, our, the physical comes from spirit. Spirit is manifest, manifesting this physical um, that we feel, touch, and taste. But in truth, and this is old school science, in seventh grade science class when I was studying molecules and atoms, I'll never forget my science. And this might be the only thing I remember from middle school. My science teacher said, nothing is truly solid. Science has already proven we do not live in a physical world. It appears you put anything under a high power microscope, what do you see? You see tiny particles moving. They're not stationary. Tiny particles moving that don't even touch one another. There's more space in between those particles than, um, in truth, you should be able to put your hand through anything because those particles don't even touch. So science has proven we're not living in a physical universe. It just appears physical to us. So in truth, it's spiritual. Everything is spiritual. All there is is spirit. So when I, I think of it, I say you no. Know, I know that uh, on the other side of the veil, when they are physical, when they are in spirit, and they let go of their physical body, but I know the physical that we are experiencing here is just manifested from spirit, and in truth. It's not physical. Right. You know, it just appears to be physical. When you yeah. think of it that way, you understand the physical is just as spiritual as spiritual. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there's you can, no. You can go to that place. Just extraordinary. Yeah. And, and to know, I mean, we need the body because that's the experience. You right. are. Experience it taker. It's the traveler on the path. Right. Um, yes it's our we, vehicle it's like having we, a car how can we
0: can't get around very well without our car so we need the body to get around in this quote-unquote physical reality
1: yes yes, yes. it's been fun to talk to you about this because I mean yes. it just opens up more uh depth than um ordinarily I can get with someone else that I'm that I'm trying to explain this to yes so with all of this that I I now, uh, live within. And yes, it's been a number of years, but a lot of this has just come more recently as it is being opened up because spirit is opening up the doors and the windows and letting more come and, um, wanting us to see more. I can't, I don't know what the future will be, which will be so interesting to think where they're taking us with this. Right. But I also want to bring forth, and right now I don't even know what I'm going to say because I know it's going to come out <laughs> So I'm going to listen to <laughs> is that, um, When we are experiencing all of this life, this is spirit, when we are experiencing all of this life and we are struggling so deeply in our grief and and the questions come and we can't remember any of the experiences that we planned, as you said, we are then being shown through our children, through others, through the support that we can find, through books that we read, that this journey has been going on forever forever. How many other generations have known, have written about the, the uh, spiritual experiences and how nature is so important to each of us in the ways that we maybe don't always plug into? And I find that so fascinating, the Spirit's now giving me this, that um, this, is, this seems new to all of us because we're newer. This is the generation that we're in. We're in a body as Sarah and Caroline in this lifetime. But this has been going on a long, long time. And what Scott has showed me, and I wouldn't be surprised with you, Caroline, as well, is that I have been a medium in past lives. Okay. I have had these experiences of being able to hear spirit before, and now, in this lifetime, I needed to come in, go through the entire experience of you know my child um, dying, you know, um, be rebirthed into spirit, and knowing that there is a depth to me that is coming out in ways that I didn't know. It seems familiar. Things resonate with me because I've had past lives where I was doing spiritual work before. Many of us have not every single lifetime because we need a lot of different experiences in past lives. But when you start to see someone that you recognize is really resonating with everything you take, I figure that person was probably in a past life with me or they had many experiences, spiritual experiences like I had had before. And it opens this up to even more. Right. And um, now Scott had me do past, he's having me do past life regressions oh. on the page. Um, Robert Schwartz does past life regressions, you know, through yes. his therapy. Um, mine is through writing a page or page and a half, just to give someone an idea of who they've been in a past life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how their child connected with them in that lifetime, because there's no doubt. Yes. that we have been in past lives. I've been in thousands of past lives with Scott before. Yes. yes. So comforts me. Yes. You know, he needed to come into me, into the, my lifetime this time. And as we planned for him to leave, for yes. him to ha- go to back to spirit, for him to then push me into all of this. Right. right. And that is so fascinating to think of as well and helpful. Yes.
0: Yes. yes. I think like the time, like I said, I had two experiences with Kyle, where he almost transitioned in 2011, and doctors actually had given up on him, asked me if they could take him off of life support in December of 2011. I refused, but I I refused for them to take him off, but I knew, I, I, my mind was like, I'm going before Kyle. I I In the suicide note I wrote, because uh, I, I was in the hospital in a, a small waiting room where I took a bottle of over-the-counter sleeping pills. I wrote in the suicide note, "My son, I am not going to bury my son. My son is going to bury me. So I believe, and I, I have no, I was unconscious for two and a half days. I have no recollection, no near-death experience, memories. But I do believe that Kyle and I had made a plan that he was going and I was going to stay. And in 2011, I wasn't with the plan. (laughs) So I believe that he's like, okay, she's not quite with the plan. So I'll stay a little bit longer till she gets with the plan, you know? (laughs) So I kind of, you know, because he, like I said, doctors had given up on him. And um, I tried to kill myself. So I'm in now i am a patient in the hospital they let me see him on super fi- i was on suicide watch they allowed me to visit with him for an hour or so a day and i i whisper in his ear kyle get get well so we could both go home and he that night he pulled himself off life support so that was all spirit that was just a true medical miracle and he and i'm sure at some point his soul said to my soul, okay she's not quite ready we need to give her a little bit more time so she can follow up on her end of the deal of the you know of the plan and and i realized that when he actually did transition because i say that i was at complete peace mm-hmm. he actually transition i knew he wasn't gone i knew it was our souls plan together and i knew i i was still here because I had more work to do and he had done his work, but he was gonna still be, we was still gonna work together. So he's still with me working. So, and, and I love when you say, I think of journey, this is how I think of journey personally. I think of journey as the same as the destination. We just don't realize that each moment, each now moment, yet we, we have lived many lives past and future, because I don't use reincarnation anymore. I say simultaneous incarnations. We are living right here in this now moment, hundreds if not thousands of incarnations because all there is is that now. I don't know if you've ever read The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, another one of my favorite books, but understanding that, yes, it is a journey, but the journey and the destination are truly one. They're one in the same. And when you understand that, that's when you don't have to wait to be happy. Like, okay, I'm going to be happy when.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, the now, you know, I'm not because the when never gets here. It's the now. Now is where you find the love, where you find the peace, where you find the joy. The only place to find it is here and now. Wow. So I, I understand that a lot from. Eckhart Tolle's work with the power of now and understanding all there is is now. And yes, there it is a journey, but that journey is also the destination. They're one in the same.
1: Sure, yeah. and I I love that too. And you know, I think sometimes we have to um, understand that everybody is going to be kind of in a different place on this exactly destination, journey, and we have to allow them time. Some are going to take longer because they need more time in a certain area to, uh, get to, to go forward or to take those steps. And, uh, you know, as much as I would love for everyone to be able to understand what I'm understanding today, yes. I yes. have to know that some may not yes. in this, in this lifetime, get to that place. It right. will come eventually they plan for this lifetime to be one of, like we all did challenge, yes. uh, love and all that intermingled um but it is uh the challenges are, are what going to are going to teach us more than anything the exactly. easy ones, we also want it to be easy right and yet we have to almost look back on that and and look at what we got out of that the easier times versus those challenges that pushed us and then we know wait a minute I mean every challenge every day has meaning that i didn't think of and I, and what i do now is when and i'm Like I said, I'm still challenged as well. I figure I'm going to be until I leave because I'm not done, right? Until I. Exactly. But in knowing that if something comes up that I'm really confused about, or even if I get a headache and I'm really down for several days, I will go, I know this has meaning. I'm not going with reason. I'm going, this has meaning. I don't know it yet. I don't know if I'll know it in a week or a year or 10 years, but I know this experience today has meaning because it's a part of my journey. It's a part of what I have to go through. And I'm always learning from each of those experiences and new people come into my life because I need them for something that I couldn't have known would come into my life. And so I would encourage everyone who's going through all of this that we are as well is to, is to use that word meaning. And not get stuck on reason, um, because that one just doesn't sit, that doesn't sit well with anybody, as far as I can find in, in, when you're talking about grief Life. and death. Yes. And death. Yes. But having meaning always is um, helping me. And there's a book that, I mean, Louise Hay does a lot of books, a lot of reading, I mean, writing with that. Mm-hmm. And um, often I can find meaning from a little book that she wrote called um, You Can Heal Your Body. Yeah. and she will come up with like um, you know let's say if I have a, a if I would break my toe and it's like oh my gosh why did I break my toe I just, oh, I stubbed my toe this hurts so badly but then right. I have to go to that place it's like wait a minute this has meaning it wouldn't have happened it's gonna make me hobble or go to the doctor or you know I'm gonna be in pain for a little while but she has affirmations that go with these in that book you can heal your body yes. and I know for toe it is all details in life take care of themselves. Mm. It's like, well, okay, I don't always see that happening. But if I take that in and go, but it's not so much my toe right now, it's a message to Sarah that's saying, here's your words for the day. Here's your affirmation. All details in life take care of themselves. Why, how? Because it was soul planned. Because we've created it in spirit. We know we need this experience. And the details really are taking care of themselves. We can't always see the uh, the outcome. We can't always see the process. Yeah, Spirit knows it. Yes, and and I love the two two points you touched upon. Is
0: everybody is actually perfect exactly where they are? Even if they're even if they're in a place where they cannot even get out of the bed, mm-hmm. they are perfect. Everyone. Everyone is a divine, perfect aspect of God. And it's hard, I I noticed this in in my travels, and, and it's hard for people to say, I'm perfect. Because we're taught as human beings, you're imperfect. We are perfect. We are all perfect, divine aspects of God. That is who we are. And whatever you call yourself, you're calling God. So if you call yourself imperfect, you're calling God imperfect. You are perfect. Anyone, everyone listening to this podcast, anyone in every set is 7 billion people Mm -hmm. or more, everyone is perfect. No matter where they are in their journey, they are perfect because they are all a reflection of God and God is always perfect he's never not perfect and we are all that I love Rumi's quote you are not a drop in the ocean you are the ocean in a drop we are each God in a drop God in his entirety so if we call ourselves imperfect we're calling God imperfect we are always perfect so that's number one I wanted to touch on that so wherever you are in your journey, you're perfect, exactly where you're supposed to be, and the other, see, there was two points, why did I forget the second point, (laughs) the second point, I think it was, what was this, because we touched upon the, um, that everybody is perfect, but the other point was, oh, it'll come back to me, it'll come back, back. you were just talking about it, and I, like, uh, but it's yes.
1: <laughs> and I, and I, think, I think the dichotomy of this too with us as as human beings. Yes. You know, but it's really spirit. But we see ourselves mostly as human beings. Yes. When we start to say, "Wait, I'm spirit. I'm a human being. Wait, I'm a I'm a spiritual being in a human body," we start to merge that part of imperfection and perfection to be right. able to see that. I mean, I I don't go around saying I'm perfect. Very I know. often
0: i know that
1: that's that's the point i'm trying to make it's just
0: the way we're we're taught not that i mean if you're christian you can't if you say i am god that's blasphemy but in truth
1: we are that's who we are we are god yes yes i understand that and i think the more we get to that place of seeing ourselves centered in spirit i say spirit god but if we see ourselves centered in spirit we begin to see that we came in and we think we have flaws and there's this wrong or that wrong, but that that really is the part of us that we came in to see and to be able to accept or to be able to um work with or love, right? All parts of ourselves. Yes. But it's a process, it is a part of the process, it's a part of the journey, it's part of the destination. Right. And I, we knew when we planned this what we needed and what we are coming for. And of course, we've forgotten it, but right. we will remind you and I, and yes. others will remind those that we can that this is the journey and the destination. And when we accept it and embrace it, it really is easier than fighting it. Yes. And yet, we do have to fight at times to get to the place where we can understand and process. Right. It's a back and forth journey. Yes. Can but the I soul can- planning is the piece that really helped me uh, open up to. All of that's got meaning. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that that was it. That it does all have meaning. That's exactly to um, when things happen to me now, I that unexpected things, unpreferable, un- preferable unexpected things. I always ask that question. I always say, I know it's happening for my highest good. Even though I don't understand it, that was that was the second point. <laughs> that was the second point. Even though I don't understand it, but I know whatever happens is happening for my highest good, or it wouldn't be happening.
1: So and whether that, and we will yes. insist it's not true, but yes. when you get to that place that you can, it's like okay, you can relax into that yes. in a way that just feels um, like relief. Yes, but it's a, what it is is really a greater understanding and awareness. Yes,
0: and, and I
1: find, I find when I ask that
0: question, when I look at it, instead of saying, "Oh my God, why does this always happen to me?" Instead of going there, saying, "Hmm, okay, this is happening for my higher purpose," and when I do that, when I take a look at it, I see the the purpose. Maybe not the full pur- purpose of why it happened, but I start to see a little bit of the direction it's leading me in mm-hmm. and saying, okay, it's breadcrumbs. Okay. Instead of going there, it wants me to go here. Spirit wants me to follow this breadcrumb. So when I don't push against what's happening, another um, Byron Katie with love what is. Mm-hmm. When I don't push against what is and just love it and say and say to myself, I know there's a higher purpose in this. I'm not sure what it is at this moment. But it does actually start coming to me much quicker if I'm pushing against it saying, Oh no, it shouldn't be happening. You know, when I do that, y- you don't see the reasoning and the-, the way that spirit you're pushing against where spirit is trying to lead you
1: yeah. when
0: you do that. So and yeah.
1: that is the process is pushing yeah. and coming back and pushing and coming back. And then maybe going, wait a minute, it's beginning to make more sense. And there's so much now available you know, with the podcast like you're doing and, uh, and, and the Zoom has opened up the opportunity for so yes. many more people to share, yes. we can get so much more information. And I also, I also want to make a point here that uh, not everything that I believe may resonate with you or someone else, exactly. but we're all, coming, we're all coming to that place of finding our own belief system. Exactly. So even though I might say, but this is what I believe and this is what I know, or I want you to believe in this, I I really don't do that, because I know that if it's resonating with me, it will with some others, but somebody may not be ready for it, and so you you really have to discover your own belief system, and even when you find it, in a year it can be, you know, changed and added to, and some things dropped off, Uh, and that is the beauty of this. You are evolving, evolving into a greater awareness and seeing more. And so we all have to find that, that, you know, what works for us for that period of time. So true. I always tell people, I don't
0: consider myself a teacher, a preacher, or anything. And I said, just what res, I inspire, and I say inspire, because all I feel like I can do, uh, the outer world, a book, a, a person, a place, a thing, the outer world can only point you to you because it's all happening from within you. And so I always encourage people, inspire people to go within, find that quiet space, find that quiet place, listen to what's in your heart. Not necessarily what's in that monkey mind, but what's in your heart, what really brings you joy. Listen to that and listen to what resonates. I love that. What resonates with you. And so, like the books like Robert Schwartz and Eckhart Tolle, all that their teaching resonated with me. I was sent to Catholic school when I was a kid. And what I, the dogma of, because I have nothing against Catholicism, I have respect for all religion, all faiths, whatever you believe, if that resonates with you. Then please follow it. But when I was a child going to mass, some of the things that I was being taught didn't resonate with me. But as a child, I was brought up in the 60s and my parent, my father was very strict and said child is supposed to be seen and not heard, so I couldn't question it. You know, but as an adult, and I started to read things for myself, like yeah, that like my seventh grade science teacher, when he said nothing is truly solid that resonated with me. So what, res- and what resonates with me may not resonate with anybody else, but it's okay because we're, and, and I respect, if someone has a, a a viewpoint that totally doesn't resonate with me, I respect them still as being a divine aspect of God with a different viewpoint. And all viewpoints are equal. None are better or worse. Yeah. That's how it's 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 that's where you we all have different viewpoints, which is unique, and that that's the way it's supposed to be. But when you start judging another person's viewpoint or as being less than yours, that's when you get in, the God is non-judgmental, which, which we are all God, but God the God has no judgment because He knows He would only be judging a part, an aspect. Of himself, Mm -hmm. so we're all equal. Non judgment, unconditional love, non judgment—that is truly the essence of what we call God, which is all of all, which is everything. All that is. You're a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm telling you. You know know what? We're all
1: teachers and students. We all are. I love that. I love that. And also, when it comes to judgment. For me on the soul plan, I know someone's not agreeing with me or they want to argue with me. I, I understand that because um, I'm not going to judge that because I know that's their soul plan right now. That's where they have to be. And wherever they're going to end up, I don't know. I can only give them what I can give them. Yes. And so the judgment kind of falls away from me in a way. It's like, well, that's where they are. Yes. It's not, I'm not going to say they're wrong because I don't know what they need. Exactly. Yeah. I can only teach what I can teach. So,
0: And in truth, when you, again, because I am, I, I try for me to ground myself in the oneness and understanding oneness and the yin and yang symbol, the dark and the white, the black and the white are equal. And in, in, in truth, there is no right and wrong. And I know that's very hard to hear from a human perspective. But in truth, there is no right and wrong because it's all God. And there there is. that's where you take away the judgment. You, We encourage, you and I both, encourage people to live their truth. Speak your truth. Live your truth. And if somebody else's truth doesn't resonate with you, it's okay. You still can love them. And respect them as being a, another divine aspect of God another divine aspect of yourself in truth because they're not separate from you so you respect them you don't have to agree you, you could totally have different res things that resonate totally differently but understand you can still respect and love
1: yeah. without
0: agreeing you yeah know?
1: For, for example I'm one of four children yes my older brother um, you know, when I first told him about the kite poem, the sign I had from Scott, it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So then at our, our uh, Angel of Hope Children's Memorial, we have a we have a candle lighting every Christmas time, every, you know, okay. every December. And this one picture that my husband took has orbs all over it. You can see faces in the orbs. You can see angel wings. I mean, like everything could have been there that night was yeah. there. Yes. And I showed this to my brother and he's like, Nah, I think there's bombs <laughs> on the on the lens. And so, you know, even at 24 years later, I love my brother. Yes. And I finally it's like I wasn't going to convince him and I didn't want hurt I didn't want to be hurt by him. Right. I just had to allow him to have his belief. Yes. He wasn't going there in this lifetime. He's 76 years old now. He is not going there. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and yes. and yes. so Family members often come in and create so much chaos and pain for us because we want them to know what we're going through and my friend agrees with me and this person does, but the family's going, uh, you know, sometimes we have to kind of work through that and not let that take us to a level right. of such despair and just right. what feels right. And I feel that whenever something really resonates with me, my spirit is going, yes, take yes. this in. Yes, That's what yes. you need today. Yes. So yes. that's my spirit within.
0: Well, I have a, a cousin and I know that this cousin, <laughs> I I know this cousin is in my life to really um, ground in unconditional non-judgment and <laughs> love in my life because this this particular cousin is just so close-minded. I mean, so close-minded to anything that's not mainstream. You know exactly what society has been spoon feeding you from day one. That if it's not what society has said, he's totally. He says things so contradictory to himself. He's like, "Do you hear what you're saying?" But it's like, but I was just like, I just have to. I love you, you know. Just, so yes, and I and I said, okay, I understand. So I think I think spirit is trying to train me to be a teacher and using my cousin <laughs> as like, okay, ha- as a, a, a tool to like, okay, if you could deal with him, you could deal with
1: <laughs> you <laughs> But that's true because, yes. you know, we do have to learn to find balance in all of this. And it's yes. like, this is, what I, this is my passion. This is what I love. It's all yes. around him, Scott and me. And yet other people can't go there. And so my balance came eventually when it's like, if I can't convince you, but I know what I know. I know others believe in me and trust what I know as well. Yes. And, and you people, I love yes. you, but we're not going there this time, you know, right, together. Right, right,
0: right. And there's, and there's no judgment. It's like, okay, you guys are where you're at. And it's, I love you. And, and there's no judgment around it. And I had, when when I, I, yes, when I first woke up to the truth of oneness, to me, it's like, I get it. And I, it was science. It was a science documentary, What the Bleep. And I'm like, I get it. All there is, is God. It's just that simple. There is nothing outside of God. And, and every, every part of God is connected. So what, and it, what you do to another person, you're literally doing to the all, the all of God. And I get it. And when I first got that, I woke up to the truth of oneness. I, this was in 07. This is an 07. I wanted to share it with everybody I knew. And they they started looking at me like I had two heads. And I was like, and I I eventually had to get to the place where,
1: okay, they don't get it. You know, it's like and That's I have it was a fine experience for you. Do you understand? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I was like, okay,
0: they don't get it. And it it's not for me to make them get it. It's I, it's for me to share. the world but not everybody's gonna resonate with what i'm sharing and that is perfectly okay no no judgment non-judgment just love it's all god because all there is is god and all god is is unconditional love yeah so true so true Yes and I I get a high. I tell people I don't have to do drugs. I get a high weekly when I do my show because I, I meet people like you that understand and resonate and we have these wonderful conversations and I get a high from it. I really do. I'm like floating on cloud nine.
1: <laughs> the same way. High five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. So this is so amazing. So now please share, share with our listeners more um, upcoming events and how they can find you, how they can follow your work and, and get a copy of the, the book. Now, I know you just, I have it. Um, it's on my, I got it at the um, conference, um, but you just show the show the book cover again. And sorry, that is my cell phone usually.
1: I don't <laughs> and you explain the yes. title with death now yes. I know that we're all transitioning out of that word yes it seems to final on the other hand because I've asked Scott Spirit many times why do you keep giving me this word death because death is really a word that's n- worldwide still yes those of us that are more aware we're using new terminology and I'm using that terminology too so with death, you could put quotation marks around the death right there. But it is the proof of, uh, the, what is it? The book of mom's blogs, Death Teaches. But this is proof that love is forever. That death did not separate Scott and I. Yes. And so um, this is on my, um, my website, which is um, spiritteaches.org. And I have to get used to the org part, spiritteaches.org. And you can order it there. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure how much I've made it. I think it's $16 with shipping and handling and all yes. that. Um, but it's just, it's got 65 of our blogs in here that Scott, so much of it is Scott's words yes. for Scott, um, his life all wrapped up in, in, in a blog. I mean, in, oh, the, in a, a
0: collage. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: So, and, that's- and also on that website is, um, the past, the opportunity for past life regressions, which are $50, which I need two weeks usually to get those. Cause I usually am kind of backed up. Um, mm-hmm. Death Teaches is on there and also, where am I going to be uh, this summer? Um, I'm going to St. Louis for the Compassionate Friends the last week in July. Okay. And I'm going to do a workshop there. And then the following week is Bereaved Parents of the USA, which is in Memphis, and do three workshops there. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, it a lot of those uh, workshops are, well, mine are always going to be spiritual because that's yes. the only thing that I'm, I'm bringing forth now. Right. But I can relate to just about anyone in any circumstance. So, yes. so thank you for asking that. And then I will be at the AREI yes. uh, in Phoenix and uh, not presenting, but as an attendee and learning yes. and growing.
0: Well, I'm actually, this, I was asked to be a moderator um, for Yes, Wonderful. for the AR. And, let's, um, and that is the say
1: afterlife research and education institute thank you <laughs> yes mm-hmm.
0: I, but i was uh, one of my guests susan wilson asked oh. me to moderate there so i am so looking forward i
1: can't to wait i'll
0: yes. be there yes <laughs> beautiful thank you so much and, and again share your website it's
1: spiritteachers.org
0: so please i want anyone to follow you, to check you out on your website. And this, you know, like I said, we definitely are kindred. <laughs> and our sons. And I always know when I'm with a parent that has a child on the other side, I know our children. I know right now, Scott and Kyle are together. No doubt. No, yes, no yeah. doubt. And they brought they're us right. together. Yes. <laughs> and I know that they're both very proud. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I know that, too. I know yes. that. Uh, yes. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank I really you. can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again in September. There's yes. a song. I'll see you <laughs> in September. And uh, I can't sing. <laughs> I tried to sing, especially with a dry throat. Yeah. Oh, and I, I always say I don't get sick, but I did go camping Memorial Day weekend, and it rained all day Sunday, so I think I got a little bit of a Uh, a cold in my throat but it's clearing up
1: and your message came through so that didn't stop anything yes thank you thank you so much thank you and we'll
0: be seeing each other soon and we'll keep
1: Okay, thank love you. you, love you. Love you so much.